Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're here recording in Amiskwachewaskaigan, otherwise known as Edmonton here in Treaty 6 territory. And folks, the UCP budget has dropped, and it sucks. Um, I, there's really no other way to sugarcoat this. We have been talking about the brutal austerity and class war that was coming, and we got it. That's what's happening. That's what we're talking about today. This is, in fact, our very first emergency podcast. And in honor of our very first emergency podcast, uh, producer Jim is stepping out from behind the board to hey. talk with us. Yeah. Hey, folks. Jim has been here with us from the very beginning. He is my colleague here at Progress Alberta. You can just call him Jim. You don't have to call him producer Jim. But Jim, yes, thank you so much for uh, doing this emergency podcast. Yeah, we got to talk about it. This budget is pretty fucking bad, Duncan. It's got that... Uh that classic mix of uh, pointless cruelty, uh, vindictive swings at uh, all of the UCP's perceived enemies, or just people who don't like to vote for them, uh, and then a bunch of kind of dumb stuff. Yeah, it is, a, it is a fundamentally brutal and cruel budget. You know, there's really no other way to put it in. And, and I think the kind of top-level tax policy thing that we do have to just mention off the top, and that it, it really, and the government makes no bones about it, the UCP make no bones about it when they talk about this budget, the 4.5 or $4.7 billion corporate tax cut, um, essentially this corporate tax giveaway, this uh, <laughs> undergirds kind of everything else. The reason why we have to cut the things that we are going to be talking about later in this podcast, the things like rental assistance for the working poor or drug coverage for seniors or uh, maintenance for university buildings is we've got to pay for corporations. That's so a funny thing. You, you add up all of the cuts over the next four years, at least all of the cuts they've announced now. I mean, there could be more down the pipe. But the number looks a lot like that $4.5 billion tax cut number. You know, you could get rid of both of them at the same time, and the budget would look pretty similar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, again, you said it, Jim, but the people who eat the most shit in this budget are the poor, post-secondary students, and public sector workers. I mean, everyone eats shit in this budget unless you're like uh, the Southern family or Murray Edwards or, uh, you know, like Michael Binion of Questair or something, if we're just going to call out some supervillains. But yeah, everyone in Alberta eats shit on this budget. Though, but those folks, the poor, the post-secondary students, and the public sector workers get it the worst. And I think where we should start off is talking about the simply the kind of most cruel part of this budget, the greatest hits, if you will, and that's de-indexing AISH. AISH is Assured Income for the Severely Handicapped, which, by the way, um, we should probably cancel that name. This is essentially welfare, right? Yeah, when you, when you think of the word welfare, I think this is exactly what you're thinking of. Uh, benefit payments that go to people who just can't work, you know, um, could be a, a health reason, could be, um, could be something else. But uh, like these are folks who just can't be in the workforce. Uh, AISH was not high to begin with. I think we were all a little disappointed in the former government for not increasing it. But at least, you know, at the very least, they indexed it to inflation. So Aisha has been pretty much at the same level for a decade, over a decade. Uh, but uh, the cost of living has been steadily going up. Yeah, you get inflation or whatever. Every year, the cost of shit goes, gets higher, right? Yeah, yeah. Usually between like 1%, 3%. If it's a real bad year, maybe a little higher. So those, those benefits were already not keeping pace. And what indexing did was say that when inflation goes up, that your 
payments will uh, they'll go up a little too, so that they at least keep pace with the cost of your rent and the cost of your food. And so we're so the UCP are balancing the budgets on the balancing the budget on the back of like our most poor and like our most vulnerable people. Well, add it up. I mean, over the next four years, uh, that could be a ten percent reduction to AISH payments and. You know, people are already struggling to live on Aish. It's not enough to pay your bills. Uh, it's not enough if you live in the cities, certainly. Uh, it's especially not enough if, you know, due to what you're dealing with, you have some particular care needs um, or like mobility needs that drive your costs up. To take another 10% off the top of that, uh, to give a tax giveaway to billionaires, it's monstrous. The UCP also de-indexed the Alberta Seniors Benefit and a bunch of other programs for kind of like um, older, poorer folks. Um, and and it, again, they also went after seniors in another way. They took an ax to seniors' drug coverage, right? This one's um, maybe a little complex, but on the uh, Alberta Seniors Drug Coverage Plan, uh, if you if your partner had that coverage but you didn't, then you could access that coverage, uh, which you know, a lot of people were relying on. Also, if you were a senior and you had a dependent, you know, if there was someone in your household who couldn't work for health reasons or, or you know, you were the primary caregiver for them, they could access your senior drug coverage. Uh, now they're all going to have to go out of pocket, uh, which again, absolutely monstrous to be considering these giant tax cuts for the super wealthy and at the same time paying for them by, you know, telling grandma that she has to go eat cat food. So this is like tens of thousands of fewer folks who are going to be have access to this seniors' drug coverage plan, right? Yeah, and this is not something where you save money, by the way, uh, by taking preventative prescription drugs away from people. Like, the, this is not going to work out in any kind of pleasant way. Uh, so my heart really goes out to the impacted folks. So not only was that slash, but employment su- support was cut. Um, what what was employment support? So. Uh, I used to do um, a little bit of casework at a at an MLA's office before I found out that I was really bad at it. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks who kind of hit the wall in terms of accessing other benefits like EI uh, or who don't qualify for AISH. And uh, often they just have to go to Alberta Works with their handout and say, you know, please, like, I'm... I'm I need to make rent this month. Yeah, I, like, I'm three days away from being on the street. Like, please help. Uh, and so there are some... Uh, employment uh, supports for those folks. Um, These are, again, like pretty desperate people who are in this situation. Uh, And that budget, it's a 25% cut, right? They're they're taking an ax to it. That's a massive, massive cut. Yeah, and then finally on the uh, cavalcade of cuts to the disabled, the poor, and the elderly, we've got rental assistance being cut by 24% for a $44 million savings, savings in scare quotes. Um, Rental assistance is benefit to help low-income people to help them afford housing. So these are people who live in kind of market housing who will get uh, a bit of a top-up from this program in order to help them make rent. Again, this is like the working poor. These are the people who are the most vulnerable or on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale who are having their benefits and the cash that usually flows to them from the government cut to far, 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 far less than what they were getting before. Well, I mean, it's it's only Alberta winter on the way. I'm sure people will be just fine without a roof over their heads. I know, I know. Okay, so let's move on to another part. A big loser in this, in this budget as well were the cities. 
Uh, yeah, Edmonton especially. Specifically and, Edmonton. And, you know, when I, when I mentioned earlier being a, this budget being a little vindictive against people who didn't vote for Jason Kenney, I mean, there's only one part of the province that really didn't uh, vote for Kenney, and it's here in Edmonton. Oh, man, does Edmonton ever get its ass kicked in this budget? Yeah, right. Like, they've already killed the Super Lab, but they're, they've also canceled this uh, child mental health center at the Royal Alex Hospital. The funding for the LRT lines in both Edmonton and Calgary have been pushed back. Like, the, the provincial portion of that funding way, has been pushed way, push way back. So we had Don Iveson and Nenshi in the news today talking about how they don't see how this won't affect the timelines of these LRT projects, how it won't simply delay them by years and years. Um, well, Edmonton's got to come up with $1.5 billion now. For a Valley Line LRT, cities have pretty limited ways to get at revenue. Uh, I don't think it it's really feasible to expect that they're going to come up with $1.5 billion right away to keep this project on, on track. It's not just the transit funding either. Though. No, I mean, the, the Southwest Edmonton has hospital got pushed back by another five years or something. The uh, the whole city charter agreement, the things that city and the Calgary and Edmonton negotiated with the province to kind of have much more certainty around their funding arrangement essentially got torn up. Even just the end of the year this year, that's another $17 million that the city of Edmonton and the city of Calgary both need to come up with. Uh, not a lot of days left in this year. $17 million is a lot of dollars. Yeah, like when you get in even to the details of how the municipalities are getting screwed or even how Edmonton is getting screwed, it's like this this relatively complex program that someone had to explain to me, like this taxes for grants, Ooh, yeah, grants this for is, taxes. This is, this is a, an interesting one, I think, because it is uh, especially targeted right at Edmonton. So, yeah, so uh, this specific one, this is just a, a big Rochambeau, right, right in Don Iveson's nuts. So yeah, so it's like uh, crown properties, properties that are owned by the city of Edmonton don't pay property taxes. And in lieu of paying property taxes, they would get a grant every year from the province. Right, right. Well, it's the, the properties that the provincial government has their offices in. So this is like the provincial government gets out of paying taxes to the city of Edmonton and instead was giving them these grants. And now these grants are being cut massively by, I can't remember how many percent, but by a significant portion. But the province is also not paying property taxes. And the, in the yeah. first place. And so it was a $15 million cut for the city of Edmonton. It was a $5 million cut for the city of Calgary um, by, by them rewriting the arrangement of this of this. Uh, taxes for grants arrangement. And again, just a, a big fuck you to Edmonton because Edmonton obviously has the most uh, crown properties, the most like government of Alberta properties because of the capital is here. Well, uh, good, good job, Don. Uh, all that money is spent on consultants in the uh, election campaign. Really, really paid off, really paid off. Don Iveson and Nahid Nenshi are kind of like hilariously ill-equipped to deal with this UCP. Like, I don't see how they can meaningfully fight back considering that like they just fundamentally aren't interested in doing politics and like it i don't I, beyond saying mean things in the media I, I don't really see what their response would or could be yeah, they don't know how to organize anyone one interesting tidbit about all of this you know edmonton in particular getting screwed by all of these these municipal changes edmonton's one ucp mla is is the minister, right? He's the minister of municipal affairs. Right? He's the minister of municipal Casey, affairs. Casey Madu. The one person after Kenny and maybe after the finance minister that has the most power to protect Edmonton from these cuts, he's not doing a damn thing. Funnily enough, a recall legislation was just introduced. The very first steps of getting that recall legislation was passed uh, in, the, in the House this week. Well, perhaps uh, perhaps we'll have a little more to say about that on the Progress Report soon. Yeah, and if you are interested in recalling Casey Madu, um, reach out, email me, call me, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Uh, I think it's an interesting project to consider, and there is actually a lot of lead time. We wouldn't, by, by the terms of the recall legislation, 
legislation that's been introduced now, we wouldn't be able to to start the process until October next year. But um, moving on, the other big, big losers in this budget, post-secondary, both post-secondary students as well as the institution them, institutions themselves. These are these are big cuts too, and these uh, these came out a couple of days before the budget. Uh, I don't know if it was yeah they teased a it. leak yeah, or just yeah, a, yeah. a teaser, but um, like big big like ten percent more or less across the board. Although from what I saw in those tables, uh, the cuts do kind of depend on what kind of school you were. Well, I mean, yeah, let's get to that, but let's just run through the fucking damage because it is again when you look at like the most like single biggest dollar values, you kind of find them. You find all the cuts, kind of the biggest cuts in post secondary. So there's a, a 275 million dollar cut just like from one year to the next to the post secondary system this year. The tuition cap freeze is over with, so tuition can now be raised. The maximum that they will allow tuition to be raised on a year-over-year basis is 7%, so just look at that as essentially a guidepost for universities. So they And that term for those is three years. So essentially, over the next three years, by the end of uh, the next three years, your tuition will have risen by 21%. They also uh, jacked up student loan interest rates, so student loan interest rates were at prime. Now they are at prime plus one. Uh, the the biggest kind of hugest single line item budget cut I found uh, in in the budget, and I was just for a bit of context, I was in the the media budget lockup yesterday, and it was a really interesting experience. Did uh, anyone try and fight you in there? Well, Lauren Gunter was there. Uh, I was ta- I, I was trying to find track down Graham Thompson, ask him a question, and he was talking with Lauren Gunter, and I'd never actually seen Lauren Gunter with my eyes. Like I have seen that picture of him with Ezra Levant on the on the Rebel cruise, but like I've talked to people in the you, you know I I hear that you can't see him in a mirror. <laughs> you have to look at him directly. I've I mean I've talked to Journal and and Son uh, Edmonton Journal Edmonton Son reporters, and these people have never seen hide nor hair of Lauren Gunter. Um, so they I mean, the joke is that like, does he really exist? He's a pen name. Is, for... is, is he just a bot that like, <laughs> or just, just some UCP staffer, uh, cranking out copy? Uh, uh, no, no, he, no, that's uh, that's the Rick Bell account. That's the Rick Bell. I mean, so, so he does exist and, uh, he didn't say anything. He was, he was off by himself. He wasn't like sitting with all of the journalists. He was at a table by himself, just kind of hilariously like futzing about the only person who I did see speak with him was Graham Thompson, who I think, who I believe worked with him when they were both at the journal together. You got to wonder if the UCP staffer feel the same way about seeing you in a scrum as the NDP felt about seeing rebel people? Well, the, yeah, the, I was about to ask a question to Travis Taves and it was like last question. Um, I got last question right before I got up to the mic. And oh, if we are just delving, delving into the like the, the, the hilariousness of being in the media budget lockup, um, Rick Bell had a, a had a question. I think he was the first on the phones from Calgary. And his question was like the most hilarious softball question. It was like, Travis Taves, can you tell us how this budget is different from the Notley budgets and different from the Klein budgets, which was essentially just like the narrative that Taves had already been pushing that it's like, it's better than Notley, but we're not doing Klein cuts. And it was just like the most like hilarious planted softball question from Rick Bell. Um, but anyways, uh, he he loves the boot, man. He does love licking boot. Okay. So let's not get caught up in the too much of the media bullshit because whatever, but post-secondary, um, the biggest single fucking cut to this in this in the budget that I could find and that uh, all the other folks in media budget lockup could find was 109 million dollars year over year difference between in the capital maintenance budget of the universities so this is this would be 120 million dollars or 121 million dollars one year this year it's like 12 and and it's not like universities especially Edmonton and Calgary uh, have a bunch of old buildings that they have to take care of and to keep running <laughs> 
It's like, what the fuck? These maiden cuts. Oh, man. Like, haven't we been through this whole maintenance cut scheme before with the with the hospitals when Klein did it? You eventually have to pay that bill. And the longer you put it off, the bigger the bill gets. Yeah, and it's a multiplier effect, right? Like, if you don't take care of your buildings, you just end up having to fucking knock them down. And building from scratch is always worse than just maintaining an existing building. Well, I mean, if your household expenses are getting out of control, all right, all right. Government is not a house. I get it. Uh, I will be cautious with the use of this metaphor, but if you're having trouble paying your rent, you don't sell your windows. You know, like there are some things that you, you need to keep paying for and you need to keep maintaining. Exactly. And it's like, what, do you just board these buildings up if you can't use them? Like, I, I don't know what that budget, what that budget cut does to, to uh, well, university it, maintenance. It, it puts a bunch of black mold in the walls, I and think is what it does. You love to see it. Okay, so... Duncan, tell me uh, about the distribution of those cuts to those schools. Ah, uh, yes, I'm so glad you asked. So yeah, uh, every university and every college eats it. They get less money this year than they got last year, except except a few of them. Except like uh, such August institutions as a Berman University or uh, I think King's College. Anyways, things you probably have never heard of, and these are actually quite tiny institutions. But these are the Christian, explicitly Christian colleges, all got uh, no budget cuts. Well, I guess they uh, they prayed. They prayed enough before the budget. They <laughs> definitely prayed very hard for no budget cuts. You, you hear that, Nate? You got to get some people on the prayer team. And they're low. And the Lord, the good Lord responded to their prayers. Um, finally, I think uh, to round up this kind of cavalcade of evil, evil, just evil budget cuts, we have, again, one of the biggest losers in this budget, the public sector. And this was kind of teased. I think Don Braid got early access to uh, budget stuff with the Calgary Herald. Uh, this was kind of teased that there would be a cut. I think Jason Kenney said somewhere around 10% of a cut to the public service. Anyways, it's a, it's a 7.7% cut to the public service. And that works out to around 2,000 jobs. And when we're talking about the public service, what we are talking about is people who are directly employed by a ministry, right? So this is like, if you are a, uh, if you are a person who might say is confronting Jason Nixon about uh, him shooting some horses on some private property, you would be a, a, an employee of the Ministry of Environment. If you're a social worker who's trying to help people figure things out after all of their benefits just suddenly disappeared, a lot of those social workers work directly for the ministries. For, yeah, for human services or whatever. Uh, and that, that is around 27,000 full-time equivalents. So that's around 27,000 people who work in the public service. And, and a 7.7% get, gets rid of about 2,000 of them. And they've said it'll be a mix of layoffs and attrition and blah, blah, blah. Um, again, 2,000... 2000 people is like a, a huge uh, removal. And it actually just kind of shows how little fat there was in the public service for them to, to remove. But right after they say that 7.7 7, 7 cut to the public service, they say that they will find $550 million in savings in the public sector. That number seems a little high compared to the first one. Yeah. And, and when, and he, and the language here is that they've uh, and broadened it from the public service to the public sector and the public sector includes teachers, nurses, paramedics, LPNs, you know, orderlies, people working in hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. Right. This is the entirety of anyone who draws a, a paycheck from the government doesn't work directly for the government. So you could be working for AHS or a school board or for a university or whatever. Well, give us some context on the, on the numbers there. Okay. So, so those 2000 people, 
that are going to get laid off or, or won't be replaced through attrition from the public service, that only gets you, say, if just back of the envelope math, you, those people are only going to be like $100,000 a year. Let's just to make it easy. Say $100,000 a year with pension well, benefits and salary. I, I guarantee you the UCP isn't laying off any of the guys who are making like 300000 Yeah, right. Okay. So, so if we say that, 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 that 2,000 people at $100,000 a year, that gets you to $200 million, $200 million in, in cuts. So there's still an additional $350 million that's going to be found in savings in the public sector that there's just like no accounting for in this budget. What about efficiencies? Don't you believe in efficiencies? I believe I believe in efficiencies. I believe that they exist. I don't believe you can find $350 million in efficiencies. And this is the kind of huge implicit threat to teachers, nurses, paramedics in this budget, right? Like the idea that they can find $350 million is is can only happen through two ways. It can happen through layoffs and cuts, or it can happen through uh, wage rollbacks. And, and, and I would wager that we're going to see both, right? Like this, this, this government has already adopted a, like, uh, you're getting zeros in negotiation. And, and then if you're getting zero, if, if, if say nurses and teachers and paramedics are getting zeros, well, what's to stop them from trying to legislate wage rollbacks? And well, it's a, it's a pretty, effective threat, I think, to be holding over folks in these wage negotiations to be saying, listen, we have another $350 million of cuts. We haven't decided who's getting them yet. Uh, you know, it could be you. It could be you. You better fall in line. Yeah. And, and so this is, I think, the huge implicit threat in this budget is to teachers, nurses, and paramedics. And, you know, a lot of these negotiations are happening right now. And I think that there's really no way for these unions to deal with this except to, to kind of take the use the tactics that are available to them, including going on strike. Yeah. And I hope they I hope they do. Uh, I mean, we'll, obviously, we'll be out there to support them if they do. But if they uh, if they don't fight, they can't win. Uh, the UCP are not sympathetic to them. No, and I think one thing you can even learn from this budget is that the first people to get rolled were the people who were the kind of most supine, the people who were the most pliable, like the, the student unions yeah, yeah. in this province didn't say boo and didn't organize at all in advance of this budget. And who got fucked the most? The students. Yeah, well, they, you show that you won't fight back and you're going to get pushed around. Exactly. So... I, I think that that is a very instructive lesson for everyone who is concerned about this budget and the kind of austerity and the brutal class war that Jason Kenney is bringing to Alberta. And, and it's, it is, you got to find the like funny parts in this, right? Because this is ultimately extremely dark and like people will die and people's lives will get worse. But like all of this pain and all of this shittiness that Jason Kenney is inflicting on us right now, it means that if everything goes right and their voodoo economics happen and all their projections come to pass, it means like $4 billion less in debt in four years or something like, again, money is fake. And like, it's especially fake when you start getting close to like a hundred billion dollars. But like, I don't care if the money is sad, if it means that like grandma dies cause she can't get her medicine, you know, like I would much rather fundamentally take care of my fucking neighbors than worry about some number on a spreadsheet. I think we have to be uh, really direct in saying this too. Uh, Alberta does not have a problem with debt or deficit. Look at the numbers. Alberta has got one of the lowest debt loads in Canada. Is it still the absolute lowest? Yeah, it's, and our debt to GDP ratio is fucking the best. And Our debt to GDP ratio is fine. We're not forking over tons and tons of money uh, on interest. And a lot of these cuts that they are making are going to cost more in the long run than any of those debt payments would 
it kind of boils my blood, frankly, to hear the messaging from this government about, well, we're looking after your kids. We're going to make sure that they don't get saddled with debt. Okay, well, your kids are going to get saddled with a hell of a tuition debt now. Uh, exactly. They're going to have to fork over a lot of money uh, taking care of you uh, because there are no benefits for for seniors to speak of anymore. And you and I both spend a lot of time online. And when you spend time online, you are like officially not supposed to be mad. Like being mad means that you lose, that you've lost, right? But fuck that. Like you have to be mad at this budget. If you look at this mad budget and you are anything but fucking furious at what's being inflicted on Albertans, you're not a person. Yeah. And and fuck you. And well, you're certainly you're certainly not a working class person. I'll tell you that. I think uh, this is um, definitely a place where people get sorted into one of two piles. This is a which side are you on budget. And if you're looking at this budget and you're and you're saying, well, this doesn't this doesn't matter too much to me, uh, you're not on side with regular working class Albertans, and you need to uh, do a, a little more thinking about like the amount of empathy you're having for for your fellow people. Because folks are going to end up on the street or worse from this budget. Uh, people's careers and livelihoods are going to get destroyed by this budget. And some of the most vulnerable people in the province are going to have absolutely no recourse. In closing, fuck you, Jason Kenny. Um, that's it for this week. If you like this podcast and want to support what we do, please go to theprogressreport.ca slash patrons and become a monthly patron. We would really appreciate it. If you like our Facebook page, if you share our content, if you share this podcast, if you leave a review, all that stuff really does help us out and helps us get the word out, especially in these in these times where it's so important. The, the, the media kind of like force field around UCP is definitely getting stronger and stronger. And it's only through independent media projects like this and getting them into the hands and ears of more people are we actually going to be able to build something here. So please go out and do all that work. And also, if you have any th notes, thoughts, comments, things you think I need to hear about, please reach out to me on Twitter. I am at Duncan Kinney, uh, at Duncan Kinney, and you can reach me by email at Duncan K at progressalberta.ca. And Jim, where can people find you? I get to do a plug. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can find me online too. Uh, at Jim Story on Twitter is fine. Uh, my World of Warcraft Classic Guild is looking for more rating members. Please DM me. There you go. Yes. Uh, and yeah, hit up the catch up guy on Twitter. He's a fantastic follow. Uh, thanks so much to Cosmic Famu Communist for the amazing theme. Thank you for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye.